Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 193. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian. And this time around, we're going to look at ways you can maintain your training over the winter um, when it gets cold and nasty outside and you can't necessarily get out to an outdoor range or get to the farm or get to the land and you're either stuck you know, at home or you're stuck going to your local indoor range. Yes. Fun, fun. Yeah, not, not so much fun. No, winter sucks, but doing the work, you know, is part of the game. Um, you know, as we talk about this too, guys, you know, we're going to talk about probably a lot of stuff you can do indoors or places that are a little more hospitable. But something I would like to, to kind of point out or bear out, um, trying to get outside when the weather's kind of nasty, whether it's cold and rainy, snowy, especially snowy, below freezing in temps that most people don't ever expose their weapon systems to. Um, rifles, pistols, shotguns, uh, weapons, uh, lights, optics, batteries, all do weird things when it's really cold out. So if you can get out and avail yourself of a little bit of training time outside, you know, if you're going to your basement to do dry fire, you're going to an indoor range to do your thing, that's cool. Um, way better than nothing. Um, and, and maybe more applicable for certain things just because you're not fighting three layers of clothing and a bunch of stuff like that. Um, you know, but also bear in mind if you can get those weapon systems outside, even if it's only a couple times a year when the weather's kind of crappy, you do learn what clothing works. You learn how hard it is to draw from a really heavy winter coat or this, that, or the other, or 14 uh, layers or 14 layers or whatever the case may be. You, you, you know, you want to find those things out before the day you're doing them. Um, and you find out, you know, again, how those things affect batteries and stuff like that and optics, um, flashlights, different systems and stuff like that. So if you can get out and do it a little bit outside in the super, super cold or in the really crappy weather, do it, um, you, you know, and, and take advantage of that weather opportunity, even if it's not something you choose to embrace and do all the time, for sure. Uh, but, you know, just be aware of that. The other thing I'll throw out there is as you're, as you're looking at this, too, there are other opportunities to get out that maybe aren't as purely firearms training, um, but opportunities to get outside at arms would be, you know, go hunting, you know, figure out yeah. what it looks like to go deer hunting, to go duck hunting, to go squirrel hunting, to go do whatever. Um, you know, maybe you're not using your, your tactical 5,000 blaster, but you're getting out and getting attuned to what's going on around you. Maybe getting a little bit of exercise, maybe getting a little bit of sights on something and focusing on stuff. So you don't muff the shot on something when it actually matters. Cause it's going to go in your belly. Um, and it matters that you're a humane hunter that makes clean kills if you're going to do it. So, yep. you know, being responsible in that fashion is another way to get out. We've got some buddies who put a lot of deer down every year via damage permits and stuff like that. And they take the humanity of it. They take the humane kill part of it very seriously. And they take the toys and the gear very seriously as well. And these guys can tell you what works when it's cold out and what works when you're in the woods and what, you know, and what to be aware of good way to kind of vet your gear as well and vet you to some extent yeah. under pressure. So that's outside. Um, but then from there, you know, the rest of this stuff you can modify and do wherever you want. If you want to go outside in your underwear in three degree weather and do dry fire, that's on you. Um, but yeah. I don't think that's where we're yeah. headed today. No. <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. I would say if you are stuck, you know, on an indoor range and you do want to shoot live fire, um, shooting either doubles drill or practical accuracy, um, to the extent that you can, um, with the shot timer yep, and that your range will let you, you know, rapid fire. Yeah. Um, you might have to, to work something out with your RSO or whatnot yeah. to explain what it is you're doing. Um, but the, the feedback <clears throat> that you get f with regards to recoil control from those two particular drills is completely invaluable. Absolutely. 
Uh, the other thing I would push, if you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know, I'm going to let you, I'm going to say that you may want to correct me on this one. If you're a completely new shooter and you're running an iron-sided gun, maybe we're back to dot torture. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're if you're relatively new at this, if this is your first gun, uh, maybe you purchased it in the last year or so. You're heading into winter. Uh, you're just getting into the game, and hey, how do I how do I work on the fundies? Um, you know, the the fundies side alignment trigger press, side alignment trigger press, and dot torture and some drills like that are really good drills. Um, most of your Mark One Mod Zero shooting ranges, if you hang your targets appropriately, will let you shoot them relatively close. If not, um, print the target out bigger yep. and and adjust it to whatever distance. Um, you know, but yeah, some different things like that that you can do for sure. Uh, definitely agree on the doubles. I, I think you could get away with doubles if you went to most shooting ranges and you didn't necessarily shoot the doubles back to back really fast. Yeah. Um, but then don't cheat as well. Don't be milking your grip in between each set, but you know, maybe drop the cadence between each shot a little bit to kind of take the eyes off of you a little take, bit take a full full breath between each maybe yeah, yeah yeah but try and be honest about what you're doing with your grip um or if you do if you decide wow that sucked and they didn't go where i wanted and you can see it because you're generally to closer distance then acknowledge that you're making that adjustment and that you didn't get the perfect grip on the gun and understanding that you probably can't come from the holster anyway right in most indoor ranges that that i'm aware of at least here in central ohio um you know but yeah definitely there's some real fundamental stuff like that. Things like build drills where you're shooting six shots, rapid succession. If you can, again, get away with that, maybe it's not from the holster. Maybe it's from the low ready, um, muzzle on the bench, muzzle on the table in front of you, that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of that's going to be, is going to be maybe you going to the RSO preemptively and saying, hey, I have a couple drills. I'm a competitive shooter. You know, I'm a defensive shooter. I'm whatever. I, I, like, I have a couple drills I'd like to run. Um, you know, you'll be able to see from my target that I'm competent to do this, but I, I want to, you know, you know, just check in and make sure I'm not going to get bounced right off the bat, especially if you're someplace that's a little uptight or a little crusty, yep. you know, so you don't want to offend the natives. They may not want to offend the natives. They may worry that you'll scare off their non-skilled, high-paying clientele because <laughs> that's a thing too, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, anywho. Yeah, um, beyond that, you know, working like high-level dry fire or high-intensity dry fire um, at home uh, works really well. If you do, Again, if you don't have the books, um, Practical Shooting Training um, by Steger and Park, um, Dry Fire Reloaded by Steger, and then the new Adoptive Rifle book um, by Steger and Park. Probably time. Um, it's time. It's like, probably put time. Them, put them on your Christmas list. Um, treat yourself to your Amazon wish list. Um, do whatever. But you really should have, if you're serious about shooting, you really do need those books. Yeah. Um, you know, being the end of 2022, um, they are honestly foundational to shooting well at this it's, point. It's, it's the textbook. When we talk about, you know, the, somebody wrote the book, there have been a number of books written. Um, and, you, you know, you can go back in time, too, all the way, you know, we can talk like Fairbairn and Sykes. Uh, we, can, we can go back to, you know, who was the, was it Wyatt Earp? You know, it's, accuracy's fine, but, you know, speed's fine, accuracy's fine, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. You know, they, we can say that, well, this guy wrote the book. Well, this guy wrote the book before he wrote the book, before he wrote the book. You know, I'm just a dude playing a dude, trying to be a dude on the dude, you know, okay, cool, whatever. I don't care who was there first, and I'm not saying that there's not applicable information out of all those books. Um, probably not teaching the same kind of equipment that Jim Cirillo was teaching, but Jim Cirillo was in quite a few gunfights and had some interesting information to put out there. Um, you know, going back to the old-timey stuff, Fairbairn Sykes coming out of Hong Kong and coming out of that that era, 
um, there's information to be learned from that. Um, the dudes were legit, and maybe we do things a little bit differently. Maybe the equipment's a little bit different, whatever. There's something to take away. But I think at this stage of the game, if you were going to take a trigonometry class, there's only a couple textbooks that are going to be thrown at you pretty much no matter what institution you go to. Yeah. Um, this is no different. This is, you know, if you're going to, if you're out and you're, you want the book on how to shoot a gun right now, defensively or competitively primarily, but I think that falls over to defensively because the push is hard skills, hard skills, hard skills. Being, being able to shoot the shoot the weapon in a high performance manner. Exactly. Yeah, and it's I mean it's all about you know being able to stack hard skills and make things work, and then process beyond that. And these books get uh, the books in the past didn't get as much into the visual processing end of things. Um, you know, some of the more modern guys, uh, Dave Spalding, you know, maybe a little more into that kind of stuff. And I'm sure there's others out there. Um, I'm, I'm not a real big reader of shooting books, um, which is almost embarrassing to say, considering what I do for a living. But um, a few years back, I had to, you know, yeah. get into it. So I chose, you know, I chose to do that. Uh, but there's a conversation around that now where, um, you know, if it's if it's what if you are at arms for a living, if you carry a gun for a living, uh, whether that's military, whether it's police, you know, or whether it's just a serious um, user of defensive firearms, you know, there's definitely a place to be here. So and there's 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 some information that you need to be getting. So especially simply to codify this stuff, if you're going to go to take a training class or something like that down the road, being able to speak the same language. Um, I still screw up like, you know, confirmations and stuff like that, you know, and, and so understanding that how things are spoken or are going to be spoken over the next decade, um, people are just now making, I think, I think this stuff is just now hitting in the last couple yeah. of years for people that are serious and it's going to trickle down like everything else does. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, is dry fire reloaded? It's not part of the pistol book, right? It is not. The, so, practical shooting training came out after dry fire reloaded. Mm -hmm. um, there is a decent amount of information on dry fire and practical shooting training. Um, but with dry fire reloaded, there's a bunch of called dry fire specific rules and then the time hacks okay. associated with doing the dry fire stuff. Uh, because we don't have to deal with recoil, we're generally trying to do the dry fire even faster than we would live fire. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, I found it really valuable to be able to go, oh, this is what I need to shoot this drill part-time wise, you know, accuracy wise, live fire. And then, oh, wait a second, I need to actually, you know, 20, 25% shoot performance wise be beyond that when I do it dry fire. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, like yeah. you said, cause you're taking recoil out of the conversation, yep. and recoil is a component, whether it's on the trigger or whether it's target-to-target -target transition, and, you know, there is some training around moving through recoil from target-to-target -target and stuff like that as well, but it's not there, so that makes sense. Yeah. Cool, <clears throat> cool, cool. Yeah, just also, Dry Fire Reloaded has got a bunch of stuff in it on how to keep Dry Fire from getting boring and repetitive, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. which is, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, being here in Central Ohio, we got three, four months where being outside, you know, extended periods to do live fire stuff is challenging based on you know daylight availability, based on weather. Uh, so having having motivation, you know, week one isn't necessarily the challenge, but it's you know week fourteen yep. of the winter. Yeah, uh, yeah, having having new exercises and things to do um, makes this a lot more interesting. Yeah, and I would, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm sorry. The word motivation just grates on me. Discipline, 
you yeah. know, that's it. Like, I'll, I'll go all Jocko on you. Um, you know, discipline is freedom, you know? So yeah. And, and that, that's, you know, worst person in the world to say that out loud, but there's a reality check around the discipline of just saying, you know what, I want to get better at this. This is the, this is the way. So let's go do it and be consistent about it. Um, the, the I, I, I am, and I'm just, just being honest, my dry fire is super, super inconsistent, but some of the stuff we started doing over the last year or so, um, I have been trying to do the dry fire, dry fire pistol stuff. I've been pretty consistent about a couple times a week. Um, and that's not as much as I'd like, cause it really is not much time either. I don't really commit more than five to 10 minutes to it a couple times a week, but it has made a significant difference in grip presentation. Um, grip and presentation both being the same thing. And then as you start talking about the visual tracking, the stuff I was struggling with where I was having a lot of lateral disbursement on the target is now turned into vertical disbursement, which is generally what I'm tracking, what I want. Um, the same thing with the carbine. Uh, I don't know why, but when we went out and did the stuff that we did a couple weeks ago with the carbines. Um, one gun worked great, one gun didn't. And I, and I don't know if it's recoil. I honestly have no idea. But I started doing more of the the mount stuff with the gun, mm-hmm. um, and and some stuff from the hunt, and then other stuff snapping from high port and low ready, um, doing some different stuff like that, just trying to get the gun up, and I can already see a little less work to get the sighting system where I want the sighting system to be in dry fire. So I'm, you know, I, I definitely am already a believer that, you know, the, it, the you just need to do the damn work, and unfortunately that's yeah. the work. Um, I probably need to. I probably need to buy dry fire reloaded, so I don't get as bored. <laughs> okay, cool. Sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah. 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 Really perfecting, um, you know, your visual visual skills um, mm-hmm. comes in dry fire. Yeah. Again, just because it takes a lot of reps, and unless you got, you know, unlimited time and ammo, um, yep. like it's really hard to do that. Yeah. In live fire, uh, the other thing with. The other really important thing with dry fire is you have to keep yourself honest with regards to your stance uh, yeah. because we can't see that on the target. Yeah. Um, and you, because we don't have recoil involved, you can get away with a bad stance when you do dry fire that will punish you severely yeah. um, when it comes to live fire. And then also um, with the dry fire stuff, you know, especially with the rifle, being very aware of what your mount feels like. Yeah. Uh, so taking, you know, live fire feedback and dry fire, making sure you have the same mount you want from live fire, you know, every rep with dry fire. Yeah. And then to be able to kind of call yourself out when you don't get that. Yeah. Cause you're not going to get the feedback if it's not live fire. Um, but you're probably not going to get the reps if it's only live fire. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they do go hand in hand. They do matter. Um, I, the other thing I, you know, as we talk about this, I, I, I really think that if you, you know, as a general rule of thumb, if you put in, if you just said, hey, I'm going to do X amount of this one day a week, um, you know, much less two days a week or more, you know, three days a week, five days a week, whatever, for short periods of time. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, bow hunt a little bit here and there and shot a bow and arrow a fair amount. And those training sessions were always better in very short increments. Um, to go out and shoot 100 arrows was a was a great muscle building and endurance exercise so that when you were holding holding the arrow back on an animal for an extended period of time, waiting for the clean shot, waiting for whatever. Um, those were great for that. But for the truly the accuracy and the focus on where you needed to put that first broadhead, because it's the only one that mattered, um, might be three arrows twice a day. Um, it might be one shot twice a day, you know, kind of thing. Um, the dry fire stuff, I think that if you go out and you put it in little bitty clumps, 
you, I, you know, I think you might be better off doing a little bit every single day. Even if you can't find yeah. 15, 20 minutes to dry fire, I bet you can find three to five minutes to clear a weapon, walk in another room, get some draw strokes in, get up, get up, find the dot, find the sight, find whatever, find an honest trigger press that you actually liked and then repeat it a few times. Um, you know, kind of like that police officer who, before he goes on shifts, clears a weapon and, and does, you know, 10 good dry fire draw strokes to defeat the holster retention, etc. Um, that person over, over time is probably getting in a lot more reps than the guy who remembers once a month and goes and does it for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, so if you can break it, if that's a better for you to break it down like that, and that's generally where I find myself is that, you know, hey, I'm home from work. Um, you know, the kids are making dinner. I've got five minutes where I can step back into my office and just run through and do some of these real quick, um, you know, and go on. It, it seems to be, you got to find out where to make it work for you. It's kind of like going to the gym, same thing. It's a discipline. You know, you got to figure out that, hey, this is the time of day I do this, or this is when it fits in. The good news is, is it doesn't need to be 40 minutes or an hour or more. Um, you know, it can literally be five, 10 minutes and it's already making a difference for me. And I don't even do it as consistently as I'd like. I think if you did it all winter long, you would come out in the spring and find yourself probably in a whole different place than where you went into yeah. the cave for the winter. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I used a dry fire timer, um, a lot yeah. for doing the dry fire stuff. Cause it runs me through, I think we talked about this. Yeah, a little bit before. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but it allows you to run, you know, multiple reps, and yep. then the next set you can it'll change the part time. Uh, so I just run decreasing part times by like a tenth of a second. And I'll yes. run, you know, I can run most drills. I can do fifty reps inside of ten minutes. Yes. Uh, so I just you know burn through it, uh, and then I'm done for a little while. Yeah. And then maybe I'll do you know a couple hours later to do another ten minute session. Yeah. Uh, but it's enough. It's long enough that you can kind of knock the dust off, you know, the first 10 reps yeah, and then start to get really into the groove on stuff. But it's not so long that you're completely fatigued by the time you finish. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> talking about electronic devices, I'm going to put a call out to you guys, to everybody listening. Um, I, I'm seeing, I, I have a, a couple of family members who have done some, some stuff with the Mantis products. Um, I've got one of the gentlemen in the training group has done some stuff with the Mantis products and th there's, there's some newer stuff coming out from them that I, I am seeing people that are high level competition shooters. Um, and, and it doesn't seem that they're pimping it. It seems like they're actually using it. And some of this stuff is electronic enough and technical enough in nature that it can be applied to different electronic media like iPads, iPhones, etc., to utilize different targets, not just their stuff. And I'd be really curious if anybody's using some of the newer Manus stuff, feedback from somebody who's used it, who's seen good, bad, or indifferent. Um, because I, I keep getting asked about it a lot. And this is more having you guys do my homework for me <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a gun store owner. Um, we don't have access to the Manus products, but we have a couple of distributors that I would be willing to bet if it pops big enough, they'll pick that stuff up. And I'm just curious what you guys are seeing out there on the ground, if anyone's using it. Um, I, but I am, you know, if you've got firsthand experience with this stuff and you've used it for any amount of time, I'd love to hear from you, um, just to see, you know, how relevant, how real it is, especially the more of a, the more serious of a shooter you are. If you're a USPSA competitor and you're out there doing it, um, you know, or if it's something you're really putting the time in with, love to hear from you on that. So thanks for doing my job for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, winter time <laughs> is a great opportunity to work on fitness, what? Um, be what? that you know, strength building, um, down in the weight room, um, cardio, 
if you're committed to, you know, either getting outside and rucking or hiking or whatnot. Yeah. Or, you know, stationary bikes, treadmills, rowing machines, torture machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rogue bikes. <clears throat> ro- rogue echo bikes. Yeah. Screw Tor- you. Torture ro- machine screw 2.0. You. Yeah. Screw you, rogue echo bike. Um, you're a mean. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I will also throw out there, too, you know, this time of year, we, we push a lot of our workouts outside. Um, you know, if it's not raining, it's above, you know, 30 ish, something like that, you know, we're, we're outside, uh, throw on a pair of gloves. It'll keep your hands from getting cold on the kettlebells. You'll be fine. Um, uh, there's a certain part of this that is, is a discomfort thing. Um, and getting used to just a little bit of discomfort. Uh, I, I live a very, very soft life and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I'm very happy with that. Uh, I, I worked on a dairy farm as a kid. Um, I've, I've been, I've been knee deep in frozen cow shit. Um, and had to milk the cows anyway when it was 18 freaking degrees. Um, and, and if you've ever done it, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, nah, just be thankful. Uh, the flip side of that is I've also done roofing in July and August when it was hotter than blue blazes. The nice thing about working out outside, if you're a, if you're a chubby like me, um, I, I don't get as sweaty over the winter. You know, I can get out and be a little more comfortable. And I'm the opposite of everybody else out there. Everybody else, like over bikini season, tries to lose weight. Over winter, I lose weight whether I like it or not. You do burn more calories because your body's trying to stay mm-hmm. warm. Um, so, you know, getting outside over the winter and working out or staying in the basement and working out, I don't care, whatever, do something. Um, but this time of year also all those trails you've gone on that you're like, wow, I bet there's a really good view from here right now. There is cause all the leaves are off. So like the top of great seal state park down in Chillicothe, um, any of those gnarly Hills, uh, hiking up to Conkles hollow and walking around the rim. Um, all that stuff down at old man's cave is all wide open this time of year. And there's fewer people there. You know, get out and avail yourself of some of that stuff and, and go see what you've been missing when the leaves are on, um, you know, but, you know, get a little bit uncomfortable, stay uncomfortably cool and get out and move around outside too. It's good for you. Builds character. Yeah. So you can go barefoot and be grounded. Don't do that. You'll get frostbite. So, sorry. Yeah. My hippie advice. <laughs> Failure 1.0. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, lastly, you know, if you've got nagging injuries and things, um, now is a good time to get them fixed. Yeah. Um, that way, you know, one prime shooting season rolls around in the spring. Uh, hopefully you're out of PT and rehab and all that and you're ready to go. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that, and that may not even be PT. That just may be something that's been nagging at you where you start doing some mobility stuff too. Maybe it's yeah. not a surgical intervention or PT. Maybe it's something you're doing at home where you're just, you know, going back to doing those shoulder exercises your doctor told you about for that rotator cuff tear that you don't do as consistently. Um, Calf raises and mobility, stability exercises, mobility exercises, knees, ankles, hips. Uh, for those of you older guys out there um, who maybe can still do some movement, but you'll find out that the movement's a lot easier. And Pat Mac, motion is lotion, baby. Yeah. So do something. So. Yeah, same with doing, you know, core work helps a lot with the lower back. Mm-hmm. Um, lets you connect the bottom to the top of your combat chassis. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, really important. Yeah, go find a yoga class, you know, go, go. Go to the, go to the front of the room. Don't be a lech. Uh, just because there's hot squack there doesn't mean you want to slide into the back of the room and be that guy. Uh, but you know, go to a yoga class, hot yoga class, cold yoga class. I don't know. They do all kind of yoga classes. Yeah. I love yogurt. So it's good stuff. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing though, keep training. Yep. Over the winter, um, you know, take maybe a little bit of time off for the holidays or whatnot. Um, kind of mentally reset, but don't go, you know, the whole winter without any training. That's yeah, a bad idea. it's a big step backwards. All, all these things are perishable. You know, 
shooting skills, spe specifically shooting skills, the visual aspect of it, tactile aspect of it, and the PT end of things in general, um, you can go backwards. You're not going to maintain just simply by breathing and, and drinking hot rum toddies and stuff like that. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Uh, on that note, as we come across, you know, cool, fun ideas for things like dry fire or whatnot, uh, we try to get them posted up to our social media as long as the commie bastards at Meta either A, stay in business and two, let us continue to post things. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, you can find us at Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters too. Uh, we do an email newsletter that comes out once a week on Fridays. It's got lots of new things we have at the store, along with training tips and whatnot. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will happily add you to the newsletter list. Uh, also on the website, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We are directly next to Louie's Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5, Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 3 on Saturdays. And a heads up that we will be closed uh, from Christmas Eve through the first of the year. Yeah. Or second of the year. Yeah, whatever, um, the, whatever the first work first work day for us is, the next Tuesday yeah. after, we'll be back yeah. open. Yeah, but that, la that last week of December... And then Christmas Eve, which is the Saturday, um, we will be closed. Uh, so heads up on that, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Mm, hot rum toddies. <laughs> <laughs>